Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Rightio, we're hitting cricket. We're hitting cricket. And the great news is we've got some double passes to give away to... Fridays is it both both the Auckland game semi the Friday Sunday it's oh tickets for today's one we've got tickets for today's one tonight's one in Wellington text in on double eight double three you text the words SENZ cricket and your email address that's all you got to do and uh, some will be drawn out very very soon actually and you'll get a, a double pass so if you can get to Sky Stadium tonight, and I understand it's, um, it's, I understand it's just about sold out, just about sold out. Um, so text through on double eight double three, SENZ Cricket, and your email address, please, please do that. Um, I'd love someone to go on us. That'd be fantastic. Um, as we mentioned, it is New Zealand 250, Australia 148 in the first of the T20s tonight in Wellington. And we have our full commentary uh, team there. We're just having a couple of technical difficulties out in the office here at the moment. Everyone's just running around. I'm not quite sure what's happening, so we'll just let the music keep going. Um, I am going to contact Spark, actually, and see if we can organise something with Molly, uh, etc. That'll be fantastic. What an ambassador should be for any company, Molly. Any... Uh, any sponsorship people out there I'll be Molly's unofficial uh, marketing manager for the rest of uh, until someone is obviously going to pick her up but three T20s two test matches um, tonight it all gets underway with the Australians in New Zealand so it is a great pleasure to welcome in a former Australian bowling coach and a great Australian bowler in his own right, very well known and always remembered for me for dragging his right foot on delivery. Welcome in, Jeff Lawson. Well, we'll just try that again. Uh, just trying to. There is a little bit of a technical hitch going on here. No, phone's dropped. No, we'll try now. Have I got you there? G'day, Jeff. Uh, good morning, Mark. Yeah, no, I think I've still got a pain in my right ankle as I'm sitting here talking to you, but that was, that was a while ago. How many boots did you go through? Well, at the end of my career in my attic, I had uh, 42 good left boots because I'd worn out the right boots, so I'd uh, had to throw them out. I had 42 <laughs> brand new left ones, so that's, <laughs> that's, tr- that's a true story. But no, I couldn't, could never get a pair. 
Oh, that is fantastic. Um, with with this wonderful Australian side now on our shores, you know, I really wanted to talk to you about the bowling particularly. Is this like, it's just the perfect, take away that it's Australia, but is this the perfect bowling combination that Australia's enjoying, you know, with Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, and Chuck and Nathan Lyon there? It's almost perfect, isn't it? Well, you, you just named four. If you, if you want to name that the best bowling unit Australia's ever had, and, and there's a lot of great names in that. You'd, you'd have to put those four in. You know, just the number of wickets they've taken, the number of tests they've played together. You know, you, you've got the captain Cummins who can swing it both ways. You've got Hazelwood coming down from height. You've got Stark. You know, if Stark's on fire, he, he's too good for anybody swinging the new ball. And then, you know, Nathan Lyons just snuck up with 500 test wickets. So it, it is a pretty good combination. Uh, there's no doubt about that, and and it is to me it's the strength of the Australian side. I mean, their, their batting can be a bit iffy, uh, and then they've got uh, you know probably Cameron Green to back it up. Who on his day, you know, he's he's pretty handy from from six foot six and can bowl 140. So that's uh, a handy one to have as your as your all rounder. Um, so yeah, look, it is a good bowling unit, but as I say, I think that is definitely the strength of Australia. And the bowlers have won them a fair few test matches in the last sort of 18 months, two years. We hear a lot, Jeff, about bowlers bowling in tandem, and it might be a spinner and a quick, and they're holding one end down to make the other ones make mistakes at the other end. How important, and, and you've played all around the world against the best batsmen in the world, how important is the guy at the other end when you're not bowling to your effort? Oh, it's essential. You, you, you have two partnerships. There's no good leaking runs at one end because then, then the, the batsmen are clever enough. They'll, they'll just sit on the good bowler and um, take the runs off the, the guy not bowling as well. So, yeah, it's, it's essential for better cricket teams that they've got pressure at both ends. And, and with this Australian side, you've got wicket takers at both ends. And, and that's that makes it pretty tough for the batting side to find a, a space to score runs. So, you know, I mean, New Zealand got the same challenges you know, if they've got, uh, and if, if they've got to get their spinners on, and um, they need to keep some pressure there, which they did against South Africa. Um, you know, they got some really good opening bowling, good swing, good seam. Uh, but it, to me, it's when the new ball gets a bit older and stops swinging that, that the challenges will come for New Zealand. Mm. Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins. Do they make each other better because of how good they are individually? Yeah, good question. Yeah, the, you know, the, the, the sum of the parts might be uh, a bit stronger than the whole, to be honest. Um, they rarely have a bad day. Um, Stark can get a little erratic, but sometimes that works for him because he, you know, he's bowling pretty quick and it, it's hard to get a get a line on him if he's actually a little bit erratic. But, he, but you know, Hazelwood you know, rarely bowls a bad ball. Uh, he, he's been outstanding and, and Cummins has combined his captaincy with superb fast bowling as good as anyone's done. Um, you know, maybe we talk Capital Dev or, or Imran a bit, a bit of Sean Pollock and that, but uh, the, the fact that he can captain and bowl so well uh, is a huge plus. But, yeah, they, they rarely have a bad day. Certainly not as a group. One of them might have an off day, but uh, the pressure always seems to be on batting sides. The, the change, the transformational change in Test cricket has been labelled baseball with the batting of England cricket. But I feel like under that same definition, Australia's always played baseball with their bowling. Yeah, well, it, and that means being aggressive, not being defensive and trying to get people out all the time. And when you've got quality players, you can do that. I mean, you, you've, you, your attack's based around, you know, 
just how good your bowlers are. I mean, sometimes you have decent holding bowlers, medium paces who are hard to get away, and they, they do a job. Uh, they do a defensive job, but, you know, Australia do an attacking job all the time. I, I just a quick scout of the memory trying to think when they've had a day when they've, they've just had to defend all, all day as bowlers and it's hard to think of one. Maybe back in India the year before last on a couple of flat wickets but but uh, normally you know, they've got slips, they've got close catches, whether it's a leg gully, short leg, they're always thinking how to get people out and yeah, you know, the equivalent in baseball, you're always looking to score runs no matter, no matter who's bowling. So um, yeah, uh, baseball didn't quite work all that well in <laughs> India last night for England. Um, so they, they, they've had a pretty bad day there. But, um, you know, Australia you know, attacking all the time. And I'll just go back to my early comments. that The bowlers have been winning the games. The batting's a little bit, bit, bit iffy. Australia's batting, they like to attack and they like to dominate. But they just haven't been quite solid enough you know, in the last uh, 15, 20 test matches. Someone's always got the job done for them. But as a, as a batting group, they... They've just lacked a bit of solidity, and maybe that's where New Zealand can find a chink. Hypothetically, Jeff, and let's say you said yes to this uh, proposition from New Zealand cricket to come over to New Zealand and help our batters to face up and not nullify the bowlers, but compete with the Aussie bowlers. I don't find a weakness in them. No, and, and, and you've got to have to look at what kind of surfaces get served up. But you had some, some good wickets for the, the South African test matches, and, but as you, as you said, it's a little bit uh, bit hard to draw a form line on that because South Africa, who, who battled hard, there's no doubt about that, and you know, set that 270 in the fourth dig the other day, which was a pretty good effort from them. Um, but if the pitches are the same, and they're basically good batting wickets with a little bit of spin, a little bit of seam, uh, then New Zealand might uh, might struggle to get Australia out. Um, particularly, I don't know what your story. I believe that uh, Jamison's out, you know, if yep. that's right, and he's 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 the guy who I, I think would really threaten Australia with that that bounce and, and and his good pace. So you need something extra. I'm looking forward to to maybe the Wagner Smith battle. If Smith's still in now, he's opening. <laughs> Even know how long he's going to be there, um, and Neil. You know, he swung, swung it early against South Africa, then went back to his bumper theory, and, and and that worked against Smith last time. So I'm sure New Zealand will have plans for for the Australians, and and a few have worked recently. You know, Lavis Gagne's out of form at the moment, um, not getting many runs. Even in Sheffield Shield cricket, the last couple of weeks hasn't hasn't made uh, any scores, so he'll, he'll be a bit low on form. He's never low on confidence. He'll be low on form. Um, and Smith's just working into that opening role. Like, you know, good good 90-odd um, in, in the losing test match against uh, the West Indies. You know, Mitchell Marsh had a reasonable summer. Started off very well, um, but he, he can nick them. Make sure he got a couple of slips in, in for him. Travis Head, well, golden pair at Brisbane last game. You know, on the back of an outstanding 100. So he, Head will be basballing. No matter what the wicket, no matter what the bowling, um, and if you get him early, well, you might put a bit of bit of pressure on the on the lower order. So, I think there are opportunities there, uh, but I wouldn't want to be serving up absolutely flat pitches because um, Australia might make a few. 
The thing that's always fascinated me, particularly about the Australian fast bowlers, never seem to get injured, and ours always do. We're always getting stress fractures and back pulls and side <laughs> strains and all that. Um, like, yeah. do, do your blokes eat nails, or do they are they managed properly? What, what what do you see as the difference? Yeah, probably the latter. I don't think <laughs> they need more iron in their diet. Um, uh, but they they have been managed pretty well. Um, Hazelwood coming into this Australian summer had had a few injuries, but uh, basically that attack's played every game. I mean, we'll, we'll just throw in line for a moment who had played a hundred Test matches in a row. Yeah, you know, I know he's bowling off spinners, but he played a hundred Test matches in a row. That's, that's phenomenal stuff. Um, he's back over his cuff. And he bowled fifty overs in New South Wales yesterday in the Sheffield Shield game, so he, he's getting in a bit of work before the Test series. Uh, but the quick steer, they are managed well. But they've also taken the view that, as a generalisation, the more they play, the tougher they get. So they don't like to have matches off. That's why the same attacks played the, the whole summer for Australia. So they rest them a bit for some of the white ball stuff. It's all thrown in the mix of, of, of a season and a tour. Uh, but their red ball stuff, they like to continue to play and they do not like to rest. So they know they once you get your overs up, you've got to keep your overs up and manage at the at the that top end, not not the middle end. And now a lot of bowlers be giving rests around the world. That you know they got a, got a little niggle and a bit of an ache, and they give them a rest. And sometimes you have got to work your way through that. And and Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark, they they like to play. They like to bowl their overs and get their work done. And and that's how they're staying on the park. The other thing about the Aussies is that I like is a lot of people say. <laughs> You know, test match cricket, it's the purest form of cricket, but then they name lesser sides. Aussie don't do that. No, I mean, that's the way the world a bit at the moment. Obviously, you know, you've had South Africa who, who you know, they had their SA20 and they need that to, to survive as, as a as a cricket organisation. I mean, you can understand that, but unfortunately that, that reflected on uh, the players they had to send to, to New Zealand, and, and a couple of young guys emerged there for, for South Africa. So that that was well, that was nice. The West Indies uh, quite obviously had some guys who favoured T20 and didn't want to play the Test series, and and, and the Windies won in Brisbane. You know, Fortress Gabba, mm. Australia lost. You know, um, Jamar Joseph was just an absolute you know supernova uh, in in the world of cricket, and, and that made Test cricket all the more interesting. Uh, but but Australians, I mean, they say we just named that bowling attack. They their preference is to play Test cricket. Mm. You know that most of those guys have, um, you know, they're in the IPL. Stark's going back to the IPL this year. I'm giving it a miss for about five or six years. Said no, no, I'm, my, I'm playing for Australia, and that's my emphasis. And so he's knocked back several million dollars. But this year he's back. Uh, I don't know why Lyon doesn't get a game in white ball cricket because when he plays for New South Wales or, or has been on the Sixers roster, he's been very good. Uh, but those guys just see Test cricket as, as their main uh, their main emphasis, their interest. Um, but still, like, they still get off to IPL and make a, make a few million bucks. So it's working for them. But it, it's yeah. I mean, in this country, I mean. It, it, Imagine if in your country they said, oh, look, I'm not playing for the All Blacks this week. I've got to go and play in uh, uh, the uh, Saudi Arabia seven-a-side competition because it's worth more money. I mean, you know, there'd be an absolute fractious rioting in the streets. Um, and in Australia, I mean, those, those 
that those guys we've talked about that they understand how important Test cricket is and that, that's why they want to play it and that's why their records are so good. You, you touched on the finances there though and we have lost All Blacks like Adi Savi, some of our best All Blacks, Bowden Barrett, they're playing in Japan, we've got All Blacks playing in France because financially we can't compete in New Zealand. Um, and they're get, getting sabbaticals and that sort of thing. But the financial standing of Australian cricket is such that your test players can forego IPL. Our players can't because I think our highest paid test cricketer might be might be Kane on about 450. I mean, your guys are getting millions to play for Australia, so the lure of IPL isn't quite as great. Would that be fair? Um, it is. I mean, we talk about IPL, we're talking about, you know, mega rupees aren't we yeah. <laughs> they've got more money than anybody over there so um, yeah they, they can they pay them multi-millions of dollars that's even that's much more than even Australian cricket's got but the Australian players get paid well um, you, know, ha, you know how much is is enough money to, mm. to play a sport um, you know but they, they play, they're paid well um, but nothing like what happens in, in India but, so you've got to show you know some, some some mental toughness to knock back a lot, a lot of those officers for IPL and other T20 franchises around the world, which are proliferating so much now. Um, now, someone like David Warner has finished Test cricket this summer, but he's still in high demand at you know, T20 tournaments. Mm. So he's still going making his his million. So good, so good luck to him. But he's still available for Australia for, for white ball cricket. So you look, you, you cannot um, blame any player for. For earning a living, uh, I think doesn't matter which country you're in, what sport you play, uh, that that's what you do for a living at the time. So you've you've got to take those those offers. Some people, they'll, they'll stick with their national team a, a little bit longer, and I, and I think we as spectators are better off for it. And I think the sport's better off for it, but the temptations are fairly serious to be uh, be taking the cash. Talking to former Australian great fast bowler. Two more questions. Two more people I want to ask you about. Jeff, first one, Pat Cummins as captain has really eased himself into the role, I, I feel. And he's he's risen to having great respect from not only his teammates, but, but the cricket community wide. It's now his team, isn't it? Uh, oh, very much so. And... and you know, when he was given the job, there was a lot of controversy in Australia. How can we make a fast bowler a captain? Those volatile, aggressive people. We can't have them dealing with, with teams and oppositions and umpires. Um, you know, Pat Cummins, known since the under-15s, and comes from a lovely family, has always respected the game, goes back and plays for his club when, when if that's possible. Well, I mean, last year he played a couple of club games, um, and that's out, of, out in the, the foothills of the Blue Mountains. He plays for the Penrith Club. Um, his, his brother plays first grade cricket as well. He's just a lovely guy, and he had the three different stress fracture episodes. You know, he was out of the game for five or six years, but while he was out, he did his business degree. Um, he, he helped out with cricket wherever he could. Did a lot of work at his club. He's just one of those guys, mm. and and it was no surprise to me that he's made a good captain because he's always a, a thinking bowler in any case and most thinking bowlers would make good captains because they've got to analyse the game more than more than the batsmen do for heaven's sake um, that's coming from a former bowling captain of course uh, but but you know Camo's yeah like he, he's he's just taken to it um, so naturally and there's been a few controversial moments 
and he's dealt with them with, with a great deal of equanimity. It's just all nice and calm, and let, let's keep moving. And you know, he's got respect for the game, uh, respect for the officials, and he's got a great respect for his oppositions. Uh, even after the Brisbane Test, um, he, he said, "Oh, you know, a part of me is a cricket fan, like." the West Indies winning. I mean, how many Australian captains have said that? <laughs> and, and he was criticised by former Australian players for saying that. And yet, you know, it's such a such a pure sentiment about the game. Uh, so that, you know, that that's Pat Cummins. He's a great competitor. Don't worry about that. But you never see him argue with an umpire. There's never even doubts a decision. Um, you know, his, his press conferences are cool, calm and collected. Um, and he, wants, he needs to criticise his own players. He will if he... He wants to praise the opposition. He does. Um, it does help if you're uh, if you, you're on the road to 500 wickets yourself, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, it, look, he, he's almost the ideal guy to be, be captain of a national sporting team. Mm. And finally, the last one, Steve Smith, your brand new opener. What, what do you see for him in that role in the next couple of years? Uh, because a lot of people think opening or batting three, I mean, you could be in in the first over when you're batting three, but it's a very different mindset, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously a lot of discussion um, when Smith said, oh, the goal open. And I think a large part of the, of the thought process was we need to get Cameron Green back in the team, who I think is a, a super player, but was having a bit of a, a form downturn, and that happens to everybody. Um, but they wanted to get Green in, and the only way it was was to someone take Warner's place. And Steve Smith, who who just loves batting twenty four hours a day, said, oh, "Well, I'll, I'll go and do it." And he missed out his first three innings, and then the, the ninety odd at the at the Gabba was was a pretty good. But he's a good player. I mean, you're a, you're a good player, no matter what number you bat. And uh, as you said, if you're you're one for or two for against a new ball, you're, you're in early anyway. So does that make much of a difference? No, it, it doesn't. You've still got to have the skills to play play the new ball. And you now Smith's hand-eye coordination is extraordinary. Mm. Um, so he handles the ball that moves. And, you know, I think we'll see a fair bit of him there unless he has, you know, eight or ten failures in a row and they have to rethink it. You'd imagine he might be in this reinvented position at one or two for... For a time to come, and then that'll be the challenge. I think in, in New Zealand is if the ball is swinging around, you know, maybe you'll have the, the challenge of you know against against Southie and against Wagner, and maybe you know Willow Rourke sort of burst on the scene, and you know you'll, you'll have some challenges against guys who can can swing it. All right, Jeff Lawson, really appreciate your time today, and a big appreciation for calling Marnus Labushkagni because I cringe every time they call him Labushane. Yeah, yeah, mate. I've, I've, many, many years ago, I've, I've toured Zimbabwe with uh, with some New South Wales teams, and we played against some Labaskaknis, and they're very, you know, that's how you pronounce it. And the Labashane bits just to make it easy for, you know, Lazy Australians people. who can't be bothered, yeah, pronouncing it. So uh, I always refer to him as Labaskakni. I mean, my pronunciation is probably a bit rough as well, but anyway, that's that's what I call him. Top man, Jeff Lawson. Really appreciate our chat today. Cheers, guys. Looking forward to the series. Should be a beauty.